Aiden, can you pass that beat? Yeah, here you go, Nathan. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Two Blind Bears. In this episode, we're going to be recapping a month that we went sober, what the health benefits were for it, and how our friend groups presented us with challenges. We're your hosts, Nathan. And I'm Hayden. Thanks for that, Nathan. So to provide this of a bit of context on both our sides, the month leading up, we were drinking for the sake of drinking. There was no happiness, there was no interest, nor there was there any enjoyment. Yep. In fact, it was quite the opposite. I felt a lot of anxiety and near depression from it. And Dr. Kumar explained this perfectly. When he says someone who drinks minimally but chooses to go to a dry month, they might feel a sense of control over their health or feel a sense of accomplishment from achieving a set goal. Meanwhile, those who drink more heavily but decide to go a month sober, they might notice more pronounced psychological effects, such as more mental clarity, better sleep, weight loss, and a feeling of detox sensation, in addition to achieving a set goal. And me personally, I can attest to that. So Nathan, why don't we start with you? And what were some of the challenges which you were presented with when you decided to go a month sober? So the first challenge that I definitely faced was that first two weeks going sober. Yep. Definitely the first weekend, you know, came to the weekend, work was, you know, it's just work. Um, got to the weekend, all the boys are hitting the group chat hard. Where are we drinking? What are we doing? Yep. You know, first message, I'm like, look, I'm not drinking this weekend, you know, going sober for a month. You know, not really much backlash in that first week. They're sort of just like, oh yeah, whatever. Yep. It'll be one weekend. You'll be back with us next weekend. Yep. And then, you know, they're drinking, you know, next day they're feeling like shit. They're all just putting it in the group chat. Oh, yep. why, why did we do that? Why did we hit it so hard? And so, you know, the second week comes and so it all happens again. What are we doing? Where are we going? I yep. say it again. Look, I'm not coming. Still doing my month sober. This time around, everyone's like, what do you mean? As if you're not coming... And, you know, it's sort of like a toxic environment. I sort of lose my, like, respect for my friends because I'm like, I'm doing this to feel better in myself. And I guess to touch on that, do you think they lost respect for you? I don't know if I would say that. I would say that they lost their, yeah, I would say that they lost their, like, alpha complex thought of me. So I would say that they thought that I was the beta of the group. Yep. Because all of a sudden, (laughs) I'm not not putting up with, you know, the, I'm not putting up to what they're doing. Yep. And so I would say that they lost their like respect for me, but I would say that it's respect that I don't care for. Yep. I mean, that's a very good way to put it. I mean, you are a big initiator in the group and I guess, unfortunately, both our friend groups are held together by drinking. Yeah. So when you suddenly move away from that, they're losing a big drinking buddy. Yeah. And that's why it's hard to break away from a friend group is because they sort of hold you to that at, at like the same that they hold themselves to it. Yep. And so when I was trying to break away from it, I sort of found that I had obviously a lot of time left over because I was normally drinking. And so now I'm just like, oh, what do I do? You know, Friday night, I would end up sort of chilling at home or going out for dinner. Yep. And I guess to if we take a step back, I think it was an interesting thing that you said was they did lose some respect for you. But it's an interesting point to raise because it's easy for them to justify their own drinking when everyone else is around them drinking. Yeah. So if they see you not drinking suddenly it's harder for them to justify their own drinking. Yeah. And so they're sort of, you know, they feel a bit attacked by the fact that I'm doing it because they're losing someone that's... With self-justification, they're like, wait, if you're going sober, why why do you need to go sober? Why do I need to go sober, right? Yeah, we don't have a problem. And that's the main thing is that when when you are drinking, you sort of get stuck into that friend group of the drinkers, the heavy drinkers. You know, if you're a sober person from the start you don't get stuck in the mold of being a drinker. Yep. You sort of, you're in your own mold of being, you know, a bookhead on weekends yep. or whatever. Like you are reading books, you're doing positive things. Yep. 
And when you're a drinker, you sort of get stuck in that friend group yep. of, you know, I have to use my time with drinking. And I guess you're a, they say that you're a product of your five closest friends. Yeah. Right? If all five friends are an alcoholic, you'll be the six. Yeah. If all, f- all five friends are bookworms, yeah. you're six, you're going to be a bookworm. Yeah. But I guess let's go back to that first week. You said you're Friday night, you just stayed at home. Yeah. I mean, were you not bored? I was bored, but I sort of just didn't have any other use. I was like, look, if I even, if I even went out for dinner that first week, I can guarantee that I would have broke. I would have been like, look, I'll just come out yep. after dinner. I'll come out for a few beers. Yep. And so for me personally, it was just easier to say, you know, I'm just going to stay home. I'm just going to, yep. you know, have a have dinner with mum and then, you know, just go to bed. Yep. And then Saturday came around and I was like, look, now, now I've got to do something because it's yep. a whole day. And so this month, uh, the first week, sorry. Yep. I was like trying to find things that I would enjoy. I was looking for local bushwalks and stuff. Yep. And I was like, what? What is something that's not too far? Because I wasn't fully into it. Yep. So I was like, I just want something light that I can just do and not not be tired from it. So your headspace was, well, I've got a day to fill. I might as well find something. Yeah. And I guess that's the hardest thing for people who decide to stop drinking is they're left with all this time, right? Yeah. You know, so if you're out on a Friday and a Saturday, you usually spend your Saturday day and Sunday hungover. So yeah. it's easy to fill your time. Yeah. So you suddenly have this block of time that you... I guess we're lucky enough to and thoughtful enough to say, let's go find some local bushwalks. Yeah. But it was hard as well because that first week I did it on my own. I was like, look, I need to do something. I'm just going to go and find something on my own. Yep. And, you know, I didn't really, I didn't reach out to any of my friends because I thought none of them would be interested. Yep. And then at the second week, I was like, look, I'm still sober. I'm not doing anything. And like, this is all in the group chat so everyone can see it. Yep. And so one of my friends then hits me up privately He's privately like, so not even in the group chat yeah not in the group chat and he's like look where are you going like yep. i'd be interested to come and so the next week we went to a different bushwalk yep. and did that ended up um at a great spot on top of a yep. hillside looking out at the ocean beautiful. it was just yeah it was beautiful and so that sort of use of time you know i felt a bit of reward because yep. we had done the bushwalk and then you know once you get there it's lovely you get to see it you get to see a different part of the world and yep. so it was just eye-opening as to what you can use your time for. And I guess, did you feel a sense of accomplishment in a way? Because not only were you changing, I guess, your weekend, yeah. but your friend's weekend. Yeah, I guess so. But I, that wasn't sort of at the front of my mind. Yep. So that was sort of a secondary reward as such. Yep. It was like when I got up there, you know, I just looked at him and I was like, look, ha- are you happy that we're here? He's yep. like, yeah, this is way better than being hungover in bed. Yep. And did you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Because yep. normally on a, you know, Friday night, we'll go out, we'll stay out till, you know, 2 a.m. Once you're back at 2 a.m., most of the time, most of my friends at least sleep yep. in until 2 p.m. Yep. on Saturday. Whereas, you know, I'm always a early riser when I drink. You yep. know, I can't sleep at all. And so normally on Saturday, I wake up feeling horrible, you know, hungover, dehydrated. Yep. Just feeling drained and overall like stale as yep. such. And so this use of Saturday was much better and it felt much better to bring someone with me on that journey. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, uh, for me and my own experience of that, there was not during that month sober, but there was one weekend my friend and I decided to, to go skydiving. Yeah. We had to be up at six to get down to Wollongong by 7.30. Right. And of course, we didn't drink that night on yep. Friday night because you had to be up early. Anyway, got down to Wollongong, we finished our skydiving and we went to like this nice little spot by about 10. Yeah. And he and I both looked at each other and he said, usually by this time, we're still in bed, hungover as fucking anything. Yeah. But suddenly we've accomplished, you know, going down to Wollongong, skydiving, yeah. now looking out on a hill, all in the time that we would have been hungover otherwise. Yeah. 
And so that, that's one of the positive uses of your time is yep. to actually get out and see the world. You know, you're catching a bit of sun, you're feeling better. And having someone there with you makes it feel a bit better as well. Yep. I think like you can sort of enjoy it more because you can look at them and be like, look, are you happy? Yep. And if they were like, no, I'm like, this has been a shit walk, then you're yep. sort of not going to be motivated. But when they look at you and they say, yeah, yep. it was good. It's like positive reinforcement as well, well. I guess the biggest thing, right, is drinking is a social sport more yep. than anything. Yeah. So having someone else there on your journey of, I guess, a bit of sobriety yep. and using your time for a habit to fill, you know, suddenly you got your social aspect you didn't get to be hungover and you had a great weekend. Yeah. And, you know, did you then carry that over into the third and fourth weekend? Yeah, so the third and fourth weekend was actually really hot, I remember, because it was the back end of November that we did our sober month. Yep. And so it was, you know, like 35 like degree days. Jesus. And so it was way hot, way too hot to go for a bushwalk. I was like, yep. look, if I collapse on a bushwalk, yeah. I'm dead. I'm yeah. dead. <laughs> and so I was like, look, may as well just go to the beach, you know, go out, you know, have a milkshake, enjoy it. Like, yep. and so get to the beach, you know, the water's crisp yep. and it's just, you know, it's just another day of getting out and enjoying it. And was that third, third and fourth week or really, was it the first two weeks that were hard or was it, what do you think? The first two weeks were the hardest for me. After yep. I broke the habit, it was sort of just like an easy yep. thing. And so once I had broken the habit, I was like, look, I don't like the third and fourth week were sort of easier to just go and do activities. Yep. And then when the, like the week after when I went sober, uh, the week after when I went back to drinking, yep. I didn't feel the need to drink as much. Yep. And so I sort of just went out, you know, had three beers and then I was like, look, I'll just go home. Yep. And I guess, you know, looking back at kind of what we said at the start about Dr. Kumar, did you feel a lot of psychological changes there? Uh, I would say so. I would say that I overall just felt better. I would say that yep. my mental, physical health just felt better. Yeah. I mean, I can agree with that. I think what also drove me to being a month sober on my end, right? was I was smoking and I was drinking and I was yep. gaining a lot of weight from it. I mean, one of the biggest benefits that I found in, that is said that when you stop drinking is weight loss. Yeah. There's a strong correlation between alcoholism and obesity. Right. But more so, there's a strong correlation between, you know, not like weekend drinking and weight gain. Yeah. And well, binge drinking. Binge drinking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the best, but best term for it. And there was this particular time just before that month when I'm a very, very confident guy. Yeah. Exceptionally confident, you know, big ego, big everything. Yeah. And I was smoking and I was drinking. I was getting heavier than I had been before. My, you know, my mom kept saying, Nick, you're getting a bit on the chubby side. Yeah. And was, was she calling it a beer gut? Because that's what they commonly call it, right? And that's what you see in a lot of the older drinkers is yeah. like they have a massive beer gut. Well, I was just getting a bit of love handles, a bit of a gut. Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine, mom. And she's like, no, nah, Hayden, come on. Like, look at yourself. And I was looking at myself and I was like, look at this beautiful specimen. Yeah. Anyway, coming back to it, I walked up a small flight of stairs. And yep. by that, I mean five stairs. Right. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. In my own house. And there's a nice little mirror at the top of my stairway. I was shirtless. And I remember walking up those stairs and I start puffing. Like I'm heaving. I'm going. Yeah. And that was not a good place. And then I look up, look at myself in the mirror and I see this fat porpoise of a human. Yeah. And I have never felt so ashamed. Who's coughing and spluttering after yeah. going up five stairs. I was so embarrassed, yep. so ashamed of myself. And But did you see yourself when you looked at it? Or did you think it was like, that's not me. That should, like, I should not be that person. I, I don't know what I saw, but it, I, I think I didn't see me. Yeah. I think it's, you know, when you look in a mirror, you see you. Yeah. What I saw was someone that I never wanted to become yeah. looking back at me. Right. And that was honestly one of the scariest things that I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah. 
And that was a big switch for me to change everything. And so that was seriously off-putting because it was a visual thing. It was. It wasn't like a mental like, oh, I don't, you know, I'm hungover, I feel bad. That was a visual thing like you could actually see yourself deteriorating. Physical disgust in myself. Yeah. Deterioration and looking back, like as I looked into the mirror, the person looking back wasn't who I thought I was. Yeah. And for that moment, there was a strong click of, okay, whenever I drink, I know that that causes me to gain weight. Yeah. So I had to stop that. Right. And, you know, outside of the, some of the anxiety and near depression that came from drinking, because at the end of the day, drinking and alcohol is a depressant. Yeah. It disrupts mental well-being. It deteriorates your health, deteriorates your cells, deteriorates heart. Yeah. You get bad sleep. Yeah. And so I just decided, you know, let's try to cut some of that out. And, you know, lo and behold... That four weeks that I took sober, I lost five kilos. And so you stopped smoking completely or? I had to wean it off. Yeah. Because smoking is an addiction in itself. You've got nicotine, which is an addictive part of smoking. Yeah. And And then it's habitual as well, which is similar to drinking. Correct. So I couldn't, I could stop the drinking. I couldn't necessarily stop smoking because suddenly then I'm taking two things away, which are very correlated to my lifestyle. Yeah. So... I was able to slowly wean off smoking, but completely stop drinking. And that had profound effects on my life and my health. Yeah. So I know that even people who drink a lot, it ages your skin. Yeah. Um, I think you were telling me earlier that skin uh, alcohol is a diuretic. Yeah. It makes your body lose water, right? Yeah. And, you know, your, your skin needs that to look healthy. Yeah. So your blood cells uh, retain less water. Yeah. And therefore, your, bo- uh, your like, skin and stuff deteriorating quality yep. as such and i guess that's why you look at someone who drinks a lot of alcohol they always look aged yeah they look 20 years older yeah, at least than what they look it's horrendous so you know i just looked a lot better after that month for me personally as well right and so your self-confidence came back as well yeah it did because obviously when you saw yourself in the mirror your self-confidence would have dropped a bit it You'd, dropped massively yeah it would have taken a good knock and then afterwards you felt like were you looking at yourself because obviously after you dropped five kilos you would have overall looked at yourself and thought yeah. Who's this sexy boy? Yeah. But what was awesome was it was addictive. Yeah. Suddenly, instead of looking back at me and thinking disgust in the mirror, there was someone who I could be proud of. And so what were your ma- uh, major changes? Did you start going to the gym a lot more as well? Yeah. So I guess as we're talking about time use, yeah. it's I started on a Friday night just to go to sleep a bit earlier. So on a Saturday morning, I could go to the gym. Yeah. And for me, the other part of why I wanted to go sober is... Yes, who was looking back at me in that mirror wasn't someone I wanted to be, but I was also going in a life path that I knew wasn't me. Right. I have a very high expectation of myself for five, 10 years from now. Yeah. And it came to a big crossroad that if I kept going down the path that I was going, I was never going to be that person. But even in that month leading up to our sober month, um, we could almost not even say to you like you've had enough, let's go home. You were sort of at that point where you were just in self-destruct mode. Oh, it was massive self-destruct mode. Because like I had a few nights out with you and, you know, we were sort of, we were already drunk and I was like, look, we're, you know, in the city, it's going to take us ages to get home. Like we need to go now. And you'd still be like, no, no, I'll I'll just get four more drinks. And I'm like, Hayden, there's no need for it. And you'd just be like staring me in the eyes like, I need it. And I was like, holy fuck, who are you? (laughs) It's like it was terrible, and I know a lot of my friends can attest to that. Yeah, well, you didn't you say that one of your friends nearly broke off your friendship completely? Yeah, two two of my friends did. Yeah, um, because of how bad I got. Right, and it was at the time I still didn't like that hit home, but it also wasn't one of the big triggers it should have been. And you know, coming back to the point is, I started to use my time because I want to go to the gym, 
and I had a lot of high expectations of myself. So I'd go to the gym in the morning on a Saturday. Right. And then suddenly I'd look at research. I'd start to read a book. I'd look at stocks and I'd try to use, like I love business and I'd start to use this time to try to reinvigorate my passion for business. Right. And so the month leading up to our sober month, did you lose some of your passions? Like, did you find Massively. that you were just having no time for them? I had no time because I was lazy. I was anxious. I was sad at myself. Yeah. And that's a, that's a tough place to be, right? Because it is self-destructive. Yeah. Um, you know, you go to sleep earlier, even when you're not drinking and then suddenly you're living for the weekend. Yeah. You go to work during the week and you go nine to five, hate work, you know, let's yep. go Friday, let's go Saturday. That's also a bad part of that friend group is that you fall in the, oh, work shit habit. Whereas, you know, some days I go to work, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling cracker. Like yep. I have a really good, like high quality of work and good like work ethic. Yep. And so when a day is good, I'm feeling amazing. Yep. And you know, read the group chat, everyone, you know, it's like two o'clock. Everyone's just like, oh, this is shit. I hate being here. Yeah. And you're like, what do you mean? I've just had a great day. I've been so productive. Like I've yep. got through so much. And you know, it sort of drags you down more, uh, like it drags your emotions down because yep. all of a sudden you're here. Like it's like giving you negative reinforcement. I don't know what the wording for that is, but it's almost yep. dragging your morales down. Like, it does. And I guess that's why people suddenly use it as an outlay. I think there was a stat performed in the US. It was a survey. Yeah. And one in four people who are diagnosed with anxiety yep. are dependent on alcohol. Right. Because I guess coming into what you're saying about if you're in that mindset, your morale's down, you drink because you're living for the weekend because that's where your happiness comes from. Yeah. And it was hard when I decided to go sober because my friends are strongly linked to drinking. Um, that's just who we are on a Friday night post work. Yeah. We're in the city. Let's go for a beer and catch up. Yeah. And so suddenly I wasn't seeing them. Yeah. But I was happy with that because I was working and bettering on myself. Yep. I was using my time to go to the gym. I was using my time to be a better person. And so you, you were saying that you found passions that you had before. Yeah. What would be some advice for, for someone who was trying to find passions that they had sort of maybe lost of picking up new passions? I'd say the biggest advice that I could give is have a spend 20 minutes, 30 minutes, just have a deep reflection on all your years prior. Yeah. What did you find happiness in doing? Was it painting? Was it music? Was it a creative outlet? Was it sport? And just try to do that thing slowly. So say it was music, you know, start to try to pick up an instrument. Yeah. And just do a little bit every weekend. The little things compound on big things. Right. And I guess coming to you, if you look at your month sober on reflection, what is the biggest advice that you would give to someone? Definitely just to stick to it. Like try to commit to whatever amount of weeks you do if you commit to two weeks which is also like a perfectly yep. fine amount because i would say that the first two weeks were the hardest for me yep and so i would say if you're going to do two weeks just stick to it and then after that try to go another week just yep. push it that little bit further because that little reward that you get for being able to do it yep. is worth it like it compounds right yeah and then i would say that i found old passions that i was already committed to before yep. that that I picked up so easily, but I picked yep. them up because I was used to them. Yeah. Like, so I was used to going for runs. And so when I was going for runs, I was setting little goals, you know, yep. I want to better my time by one minute every yep. time I ran. And so every day I was, you know, and I was dying that first yeah, week. I could imagine. I was absolutely struggling. And so, but every day I was like, I need to go one minute faster. But then quickly to that point, what brought you back? So you were dying. But then why did you decide to go back and do it again? It was just the reward, self-reward and justification for it. Like yep. I was just feeling so physically good from it like yep. anyone that goes to the gym or goes for runs after you do it, like during it you're dying you're feeling like absolute hell yeah but then after it you're feeling so good the reward is so worth it yeah and so 
I would just say that finding that passion and my passion personally is running. I really enjoy it. Yep. It was so easy for me to just go back into it and like find a better use for my time. Yep. And I mean, even for me, I'm not a big fan of running. I yep. in fact despise it. But you said, you know, you found an old passion and you, would have, you were able to pick it up quite quickly. But even looking at a new passion, something you've just wanted to try, but you've never had the time. You yep. know, going sober, suddenly you have that time to yep. put in. You know, if you're a father or a mother, you have time to spend more time to spend with your kids. Or yep. maybe just re- spend some time with some friends that you never had before. Yeah, or reading an old book, an old book that you used to love. It's yep. super easy to find something that you used to have. But yep. I would say that picking up a new passion is harder, but it's also more rewarding. Like, so personally, I found hiking yep. was like a passion that I found later. And I said this before in the first week i was like look i want to go for a little hike nothing major yep. and just find something like go for a walk yep and that reward at the end of it like doing something new was really really good yep and i think on that hopefully in the coming podcast we'll bring on one of our friends yep who has found a new passion in his both covid lockdown but also to stop him from drinking and hopefully we'll bring him on in the next coming episodes but i think that's it for today's episode Thank you all for listening. This has been Two Blind Bears. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe to catch our next episode. 